I'm glad to be here with you guys after, after our trip. Um, we had one of those trips where we went to our folks, and then I ended up getting, as we were heading back, uh, I ended up getting sick, and we had to make the journey over two days instead of over one night, and it was, but I'm glad to be here. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I've missed out in December. December's always a, a chaotic month with everything that's going on personally, uh, with family and things like that, but, but then I, I realized that of, of all the Sundays in, in uh, December, which was, I believe, a five-Sunday month, I only preached two of them. So it's about time I get back to work, I think. Uh, thank you. Amen. <laughs> what are we paying for? Come on. But I am glad to be back up here. It feels natural up here. It, it just doesn't feel right when the, uh, Sunday doesn't feel the same to me than when I'm up here. And I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm excited this morning about talking about the, the new year and talking about being a new you in the new year. And the reason this is, is because we as human beings have something that's built in us. I, I think it's, it's uh, hardwired, I believe, by God. Hardwired inside all of us, Christian, not Christian, atheist, doesn't matter, that we want some sort of uh, line that says what, I, what was is no more and what can be now becomes possible again. When you're, when you're a kid, all things are possible, there, but there's a moment when... It, there's a moment when you want things to be new again, when you want things to start, start fresh, start over. We see this in everybody, uh, and so we have this thing called a new year, and all societies have it. Not just Western society, Eastern culture, Middle Eastern culture, they all have an arbitrary date that is set that marks the moment that the past ceases to be the present and we begin something new, something fresh. We as human beings desire it. We don't want to be tethered to the past. We don't want the past to be an anchor around us. We want to believe that the mistakes of the past can be forgotten and that what we once dreamed could happen could happen again. And so we set this day every year where we, where we do that. And, and there really isn't anything different about December 31st, 2018, a few days ago, and the next day, January 1st, 2019, except that 19 is one year longer, and, and, and for some reason, on December 31st, I didn't care about what I was eating, and, and on the 1st, now, now I do. I'm worried about what I'm, what I'm eating. Somehow something did change there. It's because we've set a line where I have said, uh, I gave my permission, especially as that line comes up. There's a reason we gain weight. Everyone says it's the holidays. I don't think it is. I think it's everybody looking and realizing there's that line there, December 31st, and I've got to get it in now. Got to pack it in so we overeat because we know we're not going to. Something about that day. So I believe that that is built, hardwired in us that we have this desire to be new. And that is part of the Christian message. We recognize as humans that things are not supposed to be, things are not the way they are supposed to be. Things are fundamentally not the way they are supposed to be. And, and so there has to be that line. And, and Christ gives us that moment when he says, you can stop being what you were and become something new, something better, something amazing. You can stop being sinful. You can stop being weak. You can stop being unloved. You can stop being unaccepted. All of those, you can stop chasing things that never fulfill you and you can become what God wants you to be. 
That's the Christian message. It is a new year, new you every day. And whether or not you've been a Christian, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, this message is true for you this morning. Even if you've been a Christian for 30 years like I have been, or longer, the reality is not one of us is where we are supposed to be. So every day, it is a new me. I should be a better me than I was yesterday. You should be a better you, a more faithful you than you were yesterday. That's what I want us to talk about this month, this new year, new you. And that begins first and foremost by you and I realizing that we have to leave the past behind. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning. Leaving our past behind is a biblical principle. Not being tethered to the past allows us the freedom to follow God, to be what God wants us to be. It allows us to be transformed and changed. The past is a weight on us. It burdens us. It affects us. The first thing I want us to realize is this. Biblically, the past is not meant for the present. This may sound simple, or maybe it sounds arbitrary, but it isn't. The past is not meant for the present. That which was will not be again. There's only one thing in all of creation that was and is and is to come. There is only one thing that is unchanging. That is God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the great I am. Other than him, everything moves and changes. We are not supposed to be tethered and tied to our past. I want to read from you. Here's Jesus teaching us this very principle in Mark chapter 2, verses 21 to 22. He says, no one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. What is he talking about? Jesus is making this illustration that that which is new does not work well with that which is old or past. Now, as a man who is 45, who is younger than some but older than a lot, What he is not saying to me or to you is that that which is old in the the flesh is meaningless or that which is mature in Christ does not have a place. That's not what he's talking about. He is talking about our past. He's talking about the walk that we have walked so far. What God has planned for you this year has nothing to do with what happened the prior year. 
Your successes or failures of the prior year have nothing to do with what he is going to do in you today. The old, by nature, by necessity, destroys the old. When you try to take the past and you try to impose it upon the present, what is left is that the past destroys the present. And the present disrupts the past. They are not meant to go together. Let me give you an example. Here we got a nice young man's coat. I once could fit in this coat. But now, So, I once could fit in this coat, and I I, I don't think it's a shock to say to anybody right now watching that I cannot any longer fit in this coat. Now, it is true. Okay, can we all agree? If I wanted to, I could force this thing on me, right? Right? I mean, I can shove my arms through these holes. I can pull this down over my shoulders. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to uh, zip it up, and I am most likely going to shred it in the process, correct? That That is what Jesus is talking about. When you pour old wine or new wine into old wineskins, it rips it apart. It doesn't fit. I am not meant to live as I once lived in my youth. I am meant to live as I live now. So this coat, though I once could wear it, it must be put aside. It is no longer useful for me. I will merely destroy it in trying to use it, and it will not protect me from the wind. I would look like the Hulk running around with the torn-up shirt. It wouldn't protect me from the wind at all. Jesus is telling us that when God is doing something in us, Christian or not Christian, we must leave our past at the door of the new day. So it just seemed appropriate at a new year to discuss this. You may say, God has done this or that with me in the past, and that's great, but it doesn't matter about today. The question is, what is he doing with you today? Once Moses was appointed to be a prince of Egypt by God, and once he was appointed to be the shepherd with the Bedouins, and then he was called to come and lead the nation of Israel into the desert. At no point, at no point would the man of the past be ready for the future, be ready for the present. You and I, it is that way. When we try to live as we did before, it is uncomfortable. It doesn't fit. And this happens. This happens with a lot of Christians. Because what we do is we accept Christ and we come and we say, we we believe in you and we want to make you the Lord of our life. And yet, and yet... We still try to wear the sinful clothes of this world. We still try to live according to that way. And 
I'm telling you, if you see a Christian, a brother, a sister who professes Christ and is miserable inside, there is only one reason they are miserable inside. It is because they are wearing their old self. The misery is in the dissonance that is happening in their life, that they are professing and claiming one thing, but living another, and they are living in conflict. Only a fully surrendered life, only a fully surrendered follower disciple is the one that finds the joy, finds the peace, finds the hope that is in Jesus. Not perfectly surrendered, but holy. Holy surrendered, and there's a difference. Someone can be wholly surrendered and be failing and falling, but still moving in that direction. We'll never be perfectly surrendered in that we never, ever make mistakes. No, you and I, the past is not meant for the present. The way of sin, the way of our relationship with God last year may be different than the way it is this year. The second thing is this. I want to encourage you as we talk about uh, being a new you in the new year is that you need to forget the bad and the good of the past. And I want to be very, very, very clear about this. This morning, this year, and it's an arbitrary line we've drawn. You can draw this line any day, any time that you want. You can draw this line. But what you have done in the past, whether it is good or it is bad, means nothing in this moment. It does not in any way determine your actions now. If I have lived in sin the past three months, that does not obligate me, require me, or compel me to continue to live in sin this moment. And if I have lived faithfully every day, every moment for the past three months, that does not make me, compel me, or obligate me to live faithfully in this moment. This moment is its own moment, and I must choose this moment how to live. We must forget the good. Now, this also is a biblical principle. In Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19, And this is hard for us, but you're going to be one of these. I want you to hear this because one of these is going to apply to you this morning. He says says this, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. What is he saying through Isaiah? God himself is speaking to you and I not to focus on what has, become, what has come before, not even where we've come from, but to focus on where, where he's leading us and how he's going to do it. That is all that matters. For some of us, we need to forget the bad. 2018 may have been a year of bad choices. Maybe more bad choices than good choices. 
Maybe it has been a year of retreat from your relationship with God. Maybe it has been a time of pulling away. Maybe, maybe Satan is convincing you that you who once knew Christ have now slid too far. That's exactly what he wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that your your past defines you, your past holds you, your past obligates you. And what God is saying right there in Isaiah is you are free from your past. Forget it. Yeah, but preacher, I've done, I don't care. No thing you have done sinful in the past keeps you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus this morning. There is nothing that keeps you from the righteousness and cleansing that God offers. Nothing. Now, for those of us on the other side, sometimes it can be easy. We maybe, maybe 2018 was a year of stellar prayer. We prayed more. We prayed more mornings than any other year prior. And we did fantastic. And we grew in our relationship with God. That is absolutely fantastic. If that happened, I am excited for you. Maybe you read the scriptures more. Maybe you understood it more. Maybe you served more. Maybe you actually had interactions with other people, uh, uh, sharing Christ in a way that you've never shared them before. And amazing things happened in 2018. I I am so glad that you had those experiences, but they have nothing to do with what's happening now. Nothing. What is he wanting to do with you now? See, I don't, I, don't, I don't get to stand before God and say, God, don't you remember in 2018, I prayed more than any other year. See, we are not saved by the good works that we do. The amount isn't what matters. What does it mean that I came? What does it mean that I read the scriptures more? If I fall and slide this year. The past is great in that it gets us to where we are, but we have to move forward. So I just want to encourage you with that this morning, is that you need to forget the bad and forget the good we do not get to rest on our laurels as they say because as Christians the first principle you accept in coming to Christ is that you have no laurels in the first place you only have his that's it Paul says it this way in Philippians 3, 13 to 14, he says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, talking about his salvation. But one thing I do, I forget what, what lies behind me, and I strain forward toward what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul doesn't sit there and go, God, think about all the great things I've done. He goes, ah, forget it. I got stuff to do today. Doesn't matter. Let's get to it. Today's what matters. Today's what matters. Let's make this matter for God. Please, if, if you walk out of here with anything, all your sins are gone this morning. It is a new day. What are you going to do with it? Third thing is this, do not look back. Do not look
when we are on a when you're on a journey if you're driving in your car and you have your head turned around looking backwards how effective are you going to be in driving forward forget that if you're looking to the side how effective are you going to be going forward because I can't if I look anywhere to the side my hand goes with me and I'm off and that's kind of the point we can't be focused on what used to happen what used to be the way things were because it will derail us now from the opportunities we have let me give you well let me let let me let me read this let's go to Luke chapter 9 verses 15 to 62 57 to 62. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, that is Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Pause. What does he mean by that? What Jesus is saying is that he has nowhere to go back to. He's only moving forward. There's no, there's no going and doing and then going home. There's no home. There's only forward. There's only where he's at. And he's telling this guy, look, this is the life that we are called to. So let's keep going. To another man, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. That sounds... That, that, that sounds kind of rough, right? Uh, maybe, wow, yeah, Jesus, you won't let him bury his own, his own dead? We'll get to that in a second. And yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. There's always an excuse. When we look back, it derails us from the present. It keeps us from doing and being what we're supposed to be. I have a love-hate relationship with photographs. I don't know if you have the same thing. So there are times when we come across old photos of family, when, when uh, especially for Jenny and I, we come across all the photos that we've saved of, of our kids when they were little, little kids. And you look, and, and you're filled with happiness, and, and, and you remember all of those amazing good times, uh, the, 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 holding, the holding them as, as, as babies and little kids and, and creepily sniffing their hair because there's nothing like a baby's head that smells the same, uh, of, of, of cuddling them, holding them, uh, feeding them, just loving on them. I mean, you were, you, taking them to Disney World the first time, taking them to the circus, seeing excitement on their, on their faces, the first Christmases, all of those things. You remember all of those things, and, you, and, and I, love, I love remembering those things. But I hate it, too. I hate it because when I look at it, I start... Rem- I start realizing I'll never have that again. That's gone. I'm not going to have first steps of my kids again. They've done that. And I, 
we romanticize the past. We, we forget the bad things and we only remember the good. That's one of the good things about us. But when I look at those pictures and I think about the relationship I have with my kids then and they needed me, it can make me re- regret or hate the fact that right now they don't want me. How easy would it be if living in the past and wishing that things were the way they were, it changes how we live in the moment. What a, what a, what a horrible thing to say to a kid. Well, you used to be a sweet kid. Now, that might be true. I'm just saying. It's not really... They aren't a baby anymore. Sigmund Freud, you know, who, who started the whole psychology uh, uh, phenomenon and all that stuff, one of the things that he noticed, he, he said that nostalgia, remembering the past, he thought it was a mental illness. He, he considered it to be a mental illness because it creates in us a, a desire to be at a state that we are no longer at and can never achieve, thereby making our present, uncomfortable, dissatisfactory, and unpleasant. You know, before the invention of pictures, to be honest with you, people, they didn't remember that much. They remembered some things, but we are created for our past to fade in our memory. It is supposed to happen for our benefit so that we can live in the moment. No, see, you and I, we, we should not be looking backwards. We need to be looking forwards. And not just back, really anywhere. Have you ever bumped into somebody and then they bark at you? They always say the same thing. What is it? Watch where you're going. Because the recognition is if you bumped into them, it's because why? You weren't paying attention. Have you ever seen, you can go on YouTube or any of these places, you can see a ton of videos of idiots, I'm sorry, misinformed people walking around with their phones, and they're walking. And you've seen it, right, right, you've seen it. Everywhere people go, they got the phone, and they're walking around. They're not paying a, a hill of beans of attention. They're bumping into people, falling off curbs, running into the side of cars or buildings because they're focused on this. See, when our mind is focused on anywhere other than where we are, we are not able to maneuver in life. Look at people with their phones. When their face is in the phone, they cannot maneuver adequately. It is the same spiritually. You cannot maneuver in the present when you are focused upon the past. It will trip you up. The last thing, and this will lead us into next week. I want to encourage you to be new today. Be new today. It is that simple. I want to read to you uh, 
Last passage for the day, Lamentations chapter 3. When I was in high school at camps and then when I was at college, this was actually a song that we sang. I'm not going to sing it for you now because if I did, you still wouldn't know the song because I sung it. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. It is a great message. Every morning. That's what Lamentations is telling us. Every morning. His mercies are brand new. Topped off. Ready to dump into your life. To erase your yesterday. To remove it. To remove the good. To remove the bad. And to allow you just to experience God the way he wants you to experience him. Fresh and new and clean. And ready to be what he's called you to be. Do not be tethered by the past. Do not be tethered by mistakes. Do not be inflated by successes. None of it matters. All that matters right now is that God is offering you a new existence in this day, in this moment, a new life. If you have been faithful every day of your life, guess what? The promise is still here today. Be new again. We sang in first service. Should have sang in second service. But we sang in first service. Revive us again, the old hymn. Revive us again. Fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. Oh, Lord, we, we need his fire to be new. All he asks told those people, he said, come follow me. Leave your past behind. His mercies will be poured out every morning. Lay down your past, lay down your burdens, come and follow him. Let's stand and let's sing our song of invitation in response to his call to follow.